Now, Kevin Green joins me here this morning, Senior Derivatives Manager at Charles Schwab. Good to see you here, Kevin, at the opening bell, sir. Hey, Oliver, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I got the story from Elon offering a little bit of change of pace from the carnage in stocks last week. Looks like Twitter is going to take the deal. It's up 3.7%. Uh, the headlines seem like they're coalescing around them taking this. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is a very interesting deal to be able to see. Now, the market is still pricing in, in a little bit of a discount, so there's still a little bit of uncertainty there. And especially if he takes the company private, I think that would cause a little bit of angst for a lot of the uh, public traders that are out there, or public investors, uh, how that's going to actually settle out, especially the options traders as well. So we might see a little bit of a discount of price compared to the buyout here for the near future until we get the full details here. But overall, I think it's a very interesting deal. I think it's a very interesting move to be able to see. Let's see how he actually... Uh, adjust the company here and you know most likely you know, you'll probably see a lot of those board members if not all of them being uh, uh, you know retired or, or, or put away if you will and having a whole new board that's in the uh, the marketplace but overall I think it's going to be interesting to see now a lot of the public investors though Oliver are probably going to start rotating to some of the other social media uh, names if you will if this does go private so you'll probably see a little bit of an uptake or some interest going back into uh, Facebook meta platform snapchat um, and some of the other uh, platforms platforms that are out there. Yeah, Snap was uh, uh, the recent favorite on earnings, but uh, this morning uh, down a little bit here. Uh, Facebook, a uh, uh, little changed. I think it's an interesting point that, uh, you know, the potential for M&A could be a better way out for some of these companies that have really gotten thrashed. I mean, you know, a stock like a Facebook might be big and tough to buy, but there's plenty of other companies whose charts did what Twitter did uh, during the last uh, eight months that may have a, a buyer also that we don't know about. So that kind of um, a, a, uh, interpretation from a broad perspective could be interesting. If there's a lot of companies, stocks that have been thrashed but have potential still, then maybe there's an Elon out there somewhere uh, waiting in the wings. Uh, shares up a little bit here, but we're still not quite to the uh, buyout price. I, I guess what's a couple bucks between friends? Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's going to be a little bit of the, the uncertainty here. And if the deal goes through, we see the same thing with Activision, Blizzard, and, and Microsoft, if you will, right? It's still trading at a discount. So it's not out of the ordinary that you do see a little bit of a discount right now. It's also a, a little bit of a discount because it potentially is going to go private. So that could cause a little bit of headwinds for some of the retail investors that are out there that may not be able to hold the shares, right? If, we don't know if it's going to be only for accredited investors, what have you. So there's still a lot to be uh, seen for this particular deal. And so I would not be surprised that you see this little bit of a discount, $4, $3 of a discount between the actual buyout price that's there. Um, and you wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised too if you do see some investors start getting out because they might not want to have to deal with the, the settlement uh, when it comes to actually trying to rec reconcile this over overall deal because sometimes these adjustments do uh, cause a little bit of headaches. We saw the same thing with AT&T and Water Media. I mean, that was uh, uh, that was uh, two uh, publicly traded companies, but uh, still caused a little bit of headaches for retail investors out there uh, that were trying to figure out their break-evens, their cost basis, and things of that nature. Definitely. Good reminder. Okay. Uh, let's talk that Activision uh, story for a sec. Uh, even with uh, the takeover happening, it's always useful to check out the status of the business as it pertains to Microsoft, ahead of Microsoft earnings too, uh, where Activision 
Well, it kind of looks like maybe the peak is uh, past. Uh, revenue, a pretty big decline from a year ago. I guess I didn't realize uh, that uh, uh, the sales were expected to decline this way. Uh, $2.28 billion a year ago, $1.77 this year, same quarter. Uh, just pretty rough, uh, even though, and I, well, it did come in a little bit below expectations, too. Analysts thought it would be a little bit better, right? Yeah, definitely. I think Activision, we just talked about social media. I think Activision, you can kind of put them in the same space, if you will. Um, you can either get revenue by selling your games or you got to monetize the business one way or another. And I think it's really difficult for them to be able to monetize. And then also the quality of the games that are out there. I know that you're a Call of Duty fan. I, I actually Big just fan. downloaded it. Uh, this weekend and all right procedure yeah definitely uh but uh so you might see this stock pop here but uh, but overall it's hard to monetize these type of businesses and keep uh, the revenue stream going and if you're trying to compete against some of the other names out there like the roblox or some of the fortnites and things of that nature that come out for the most part fairly free uh it's hard to actually try to monetize and compete in this business here but we'll see what happens when microsoft officially takes over this company or if, it, if the deal does go through how they're going to be able to synthesize uh, some of the revenue streams here for for Activision, but content is king. Now, if we're talking about video games, if we're talking about social media, at the end of the day, you have to be able to monetize and you have to be able to provide a product that consumers are going to continue to want to have. And, and as of right now, it seems like some of the demand for uh, some of their popular games is starting to decline a little bit. Ninety isn't the takeout level like ninety five dollars? Uh, Microsoft on on Activision. I mean, this is a pretty big gap between where we are and, and where the takeout price is. That, that's pretty wild, we're at 78 bucks. Yeah, it's a pretty wide uh, spread here. Yes, yeah, so $95 is the buyout price. I think there's a little bit of concern here from a regulatory standpoint, just because Microsoft is so big. And then the reach of Activision when it comes to games is also fairly uh, big as well. So we have to see from a regulatory standpoint if it's going to go through. I think that's where you're seeing this little bit of a discount at this point in time. Uh, and, and once again, uh, these type of things happen when you have deals that have to wait on uh, regulatory approval or board approval and things of that nature. It, you do see a little bit of a spread. This one's a fairly wide one. Um, but if you even look at the options pricing, Oliver, I mean, it, it, there's not really a, a huge arbitrage when you start putting in some of the, uh, the time value and some of those options. So it might be an opportunity for those that might want to uh, go for the long term and wait for a deal to, to commence. But I think there's still some time left here for uh, anything to actually happen. I think the regulatory side of it is really the, uh, the concern for a lot of investors. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll be looking for uh, some kind of uh, updates here, some news flow justification perhaps for that uh, big gap. Let's talk some Coke. Uh, up two and a quarter. Stock keeps cruising. Uh, just a really beautiful trade, uh, beautiful chart. Seems like the numbers are pretty solid too. Revenue up 16%. That's like glorious for a staple stock. It is, and it's something that's not actually uh, that surprising to see uh, Coca-Cola making a little bit of a move here, especially with the the market making a, a rotation from some of these uh, speculative stocks and trying to get more uh, defensive going into staples, uh, energy, and going into utilities here. What I found very interesting is the uh, the actual impact that Russia did have on their on their earnings. I mean, obviously they still took a mark down there, but it wasn't as bad as probably the market expected, and that's why you're seeing a little bit of a pop here. Uh, 
you like to be able to see some of these consumer staples, some of these companies that have been able to provide stable dividends over the long term, continuing to rise in a volatile market. Uh, so not surprising that you're seeing Coca-Cola and maybe some of these other staples that are going to be reporting here soon. Uh, maybe uh, they don't have the best earnings, but they probably have a little bit better outlook uh, in the near term than maybe some of these speculative stocks and some of the uh, sectors like the consumer uh, discretionary that's really uh, on edge when it comes to supply chain and consumer demand. Okay, so Coke uh, looking pretty good and uh, also getting that kind of rotational uh, investment money flow uh, to your point here that Staples as a category have basically just kind of been a hideout. So, I mean, Coke's unique in its strength, but the chart for the overall sector looks pretty similar. It does, yeah. If you're looking at a chart right now, I mean, I would say probably the resistance point at this point in time is going to be about $70. And if you even look at a support level, maybe the 6250-ish uh, range is a good uh, near-term support area. But when you're looking at this chart, once again, you're seeing a lot of flight to safety, a lot of money flowing into not only Coca-Cola, Pepsi, some of the other consumer discretion or consumer staple names uh, as a hideout to be able to try to earn some yield on a dividend and then also maybe some upside potential as consumers themselves maybe pare down on the consumer discretionary spending but still have to focus on the consumer staples. and. Oliver, I mean, uh, pricing power is going to be key. And right now, energy, utilities, and some of these staple names have the pricing power for a market that uh, is seeing just rapid inflation. And that might actually continue here for the next couple of months. Maybe a little uh, reopen bid, perhaps. I mean, restaurants uh, and, uh, you know, uh, bars, that's important for, for Coke, too. I mean, they're, they're shipping uh, uh, tons as well to the, you know, side of the economy that's kind of been shut down. I mean, is, is that an angle here maybe a little bit? It, it might be, Oliver. I'm going to say that the uh, the reopening trade, in my opinion, is a little bit over. It's overdone at this point in time. I think for the most okay. part, United States and the, and the domestic market here has been uh, pretty much open at this point in time. Now, if you're looking at maybe overseas, you're looking at China, we're seeing some shutdowns right now. Yeah, there might be a, a case to be made, uh, but I'm not sure if I would hang my hat on just a pure reopening trade at this point in time. I mean, we've been talking about that type of trade for the last eight months, nine months. Uh, I think we're actually at that point in time right now. And I don't see, at least for the US, us changing any type of COVID strategy uh, anytime soon here. I think it's pretty good sentiment that we're gonna try to stay open and, and leverage these vaccines to be able to go up about our day and go about our business here. And uh, so I would say maybe it's a little bit of a windfall, but I wouldn't uh, hold my hat on that. I would probably look at some other reasons to, to own this name. And I think right now, uh, when you're looking at the inflation numbers, if you're looking at the, the consumer, if the consumer starts to pare back spending, uh, they start to, to pare back a little bit of the credit spending as well. They're going to continue to look at some of these consumer staples. They're going to need toilet paper. They're going to need uh, water and, and, and soda pop and, and, and food and things of that nature. That's probably where the core of this, uh, the spending is going to be, and that's why there's probably some upside here for the staples. All right, nice. Seven to eight uh, percent for its full year outlook. Uh, pretty good growth, and a lot of it making its way to the bottom line. Five to six percent uh, earnings per share growth um, uh, for the coming year. That's despite the halt on the Russian sales, it's despite supply chain uh, difficulties that still they're having to deal with as well. I mean, uh, Coke's uh, are pretty good at navigating them compared to smaller businesses, uh, but uh, really nice. Uh, outlook. Let's talk some analyst notes, uh, Kevin, as this morning we see a couple uh, by the dip reports here. Advanced Micro up 2% and then an upgrade on Gap to up 3% after it sold off. Let's hit AMD first. What are they saying? 
Yeah, very interesting to be able to see. So they believe that uh, this was Raymond James, actually. They believe that they're pretty strongly positioned here in the space to be able to, to grow their data center market. And that's actually been a uh, an area of uh, focus for a lot of these semiconductors, but AMD definitely specializes in that. And so they're looking at it and look, uh, they're looking at it and saying, from a geographic standpoint, uh, they have the ability to take on additional market share and maybe don't have as much headwinds as maybe some of these other names. If you're looking at maybe like a Taiwan Semi, or even if you're looking at in NVIDIA, which really focuses on the game space and some of the other markets as well, you're starting to see a little bit of a slowing in demand and then also uh, the continued uh, issues with the supply chain is also hurting them as well. So advanced micro devices, not surprising that you're actually seeing this move to the upside here today. Uh, if you're looking at the stock, it's been beat down. It's right around $90 right now. I would say a firm support area would have been about $80. So if it continues to go down, maybe look at an $80 uh, area to, to see a little bit of a bounce. And one 160 target, Oliver, that's a pretty decent move from right now at $70 to the upside. I would say from a resistance level, look at about 140 might be the market resistance for this name. But the semis are going to be very, very tough. And you and I know, I've talked about this before, uh, I feel like the semis are going to be the very, uh, they're going to be the catalyst for us to get out of these uh, volatile markets and get to new all-time highs. And uh, right now, they're not doing too well, but I think there's going to be some companies out here, potentially like AMD or some of the other ones that we mentioned here, uh, that might be able to weather the storm and push to the upside here soon. Yeah, as we heard from KC earlier, it's uh, hard to dislike disruptive growth companies. AMD and NVIDIA have been uh, two sides of the same coin there. A test uh, that we need to watch today for sure. Can this big bullish note get uh, this stock really moving? $160 price target, so they're not shy to put on expectations of near records, but still near record in not a record, just kind of symbolically showing how tough it is after these big sell-offs, uh, where even if this analyst nails it, uh, then uh, you're getting just below the high. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk gap uh, real quick. Kevin, last one here. Uh, last week, just a total bloodbath. The Old Navy CEO out. Uh, but Guggenheim says it's worth 22 bucks. It would be a nice little uh, U-turn, uh, but would only take us back to about where we were in um, the end of last year. Still, $12 stock, that'd be a nice run if it happens. It would be a diff uh, definitely a nice run here. I think you're going to need a lot of those uh, you know, tailwinds that we were talking about earlier. You need to have the consumer continuing to spend uh, and uh, spend fairly strong. And I think the, the Fed's also banking on that as well, and some of the other retailers are, are, are as well here. But you're going to need to have some of that spending uh, going to uh, some of the names that Gap represents. From a chart standpoint, you don't like to see this long-term trend. I mean, it came down from $37 all the way down to about $12 at this point in time. So you don't like to see that type of trend to the downside. And now no real area of support that I could actually recognize outside of maybe the recent support, about $13 here. Uh, so it would be a nice move to the upside, but I think there's going to be a lot of headwinds for Gap. And I would probably really try to focus, if you're looking at clothing and, and things of that nature, probably focus on some of those retail, discount retailers, um, you know, Ross stores, things of that nature, uh, because they've been able to uh, weather the storm in some of these markets here. And then also, if the consumer spending does pair back, uh, the first thing is going to, to go is going to be some of the expensive items. You're going to go down to discount retailers, and then you you know would end or cease uh, spending on some of those uh, particular products here. So we'll see if uh, Gap is going to be able to move back to the upside or Gap back up to the upside here. But from a chart standpoint, the outlook doesn't really look really uh, really good at this point in time. Yeah, it's uh, pretty tough to stomach right now, as it had been a favorite during COVID. They hit a lot of things right. Athleta with the athleisure, Old Navy with the price point. Now, uh, apparently no one wants to touch it. 
Uh, Kevin, great stuff. Thank you, sir. Nice work here getting us started. Kevin Thank Green joining us from John Schwab.